What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Boot Up, the LSU Basketball Podcast. I'm Cody Worsham, digital media reporter for LSU Athletics, coming to you from Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, where LSU is getting set to play Michigan State in the Sweet 16. And look, today's episode is going to mostly focus on that. We're going to preview hardcore that Michigan State matchup. I've got a lot of really nerdy numbers and kind of uh, all angles approach on when Michigan State and some things that LSU might try to do and some things that Michigan State might try to do and some strengths and some weaknesses and all that fun stuff with a lot of numbers. But uh, look, we're in Washington, D.C., and it's not often that, that you get to go to the nation's capital, right? Like, this is my first time here. And so the, the plane landed this afternoon, and look, in this industry, in this media industry, um, you just have to take some chances sometimes. You, you have to go out on a limb and, and try things. And the worst case scenario is that it doesn't work for you, Right. And so, you know, we went and got some dinner tonight, and, and after dinner, we were only a couple blocks away from the White House. And so I was like, come on, guys, let's walk down to the White House, and, and let's just see what happens. So, you know, it's really cold down here, but we braved the cold. Uh, we walked toward the White House, and, uh, and lo and behold, as we were approaching the White House, who but himself, the 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump, walking down the street. And he's in LSU gear. He's just covered head to toe in purple and gold. And he said... Hey, are you Cody Worsham, the the host of the the Boot Up podcast? And I said, yeah, of course I am. I, I mean, you're the president of the United States. And look, I, I don't want to bring politics into this show. I, I know that you know not everyone agrees politically on the same things, but I think one thing we we all can agree on is if you see the president of the United States on the street, you're going to stop and talk to him. And, and look, I'm just really glad I had my microphone with me, and I said. Uh, Mr. President, would you like to be a guest on today's episode of, of Boot Up the LSU Basketball Podcast? And he said, look, I'm very busy. I have, I have a lot of work to do, but sure, I, you know, I'm a big fan of the show. I have a few minutes. Um, so look, we'll get to the Michigan State stuff, but I want to start by jumping in to this interview, exclusive interview on Boot Up the LSU Basketball Podcast with the 45th President of the United States, Donald Trump. Mr. President, thank you for being on the show today. Look, I want to start with uh, with something that, that I know you're very familiar with. Tremont Waters, LSU's point guard, uh, is up for the Bob Cousy Award. And right now, fans can go to hoophallawards.com and vote for Tremont Waters once a day, every day, for this award. What's your message to LSU fans uh, about getting out there and supporting Tremont Waters? And now the big thing, we have to get the people to go to the polls. And if you go to the polls, he's going to win. If you don't go to the polls, he's not going to win. Now, Mr. President, if someone were to make the argument that Tremont Waters didn't deserve the award, that that somebody else deserved it more, what would be your response to that argument? Stupid. It's dumb. Couldn't agree more, Mr. President. Um, Look, before we started recording, we were actually talking about one of your favorite players, on the team, uh, and it's Cavell Bigby-Williams, uh, LSU shot blocker, a guy that's been so huge for them this year, the only senior on the team. Um, if you could, just share with our listeners the, the thoughts that you were sharing with me um, right before we started recording about Cavell and, and uh, his role in this team. Nice-looking tall guy. Well, that's that's really nice of you to say, Mr. President. I'll be sure to pass that along. Um, another guy that we were talking about was, was LSU junior Skyler Mays, who's been huge for them in the NCAA tournament so far. Um, been in double figures both games, hit the late three um, in, in the last game that helped put LSU um, past Maryland and into the Sweet 16. Well, what do you like about Skyler as a player? Well, what do you think he brings to this program? 
And he will be a true fighter for Louisiana in Washington. He will be a fighter for you. So important. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Skyler uh, is a fighter through and through. Could not agree more. Look, uh, last question for you, Mr. President. I know you got to get out of here. There's a lot of good teams in D.C. here this week. Virginia Tech and Duke are playing on the opposite side of the bracket. Of course, LSU and Michigan State is the game that we're all paying attention to here. Um, if you could, just go out on a limb for us. Do you have a prediction? Who do you think is going to get out of this, this part of the bracket uh, in advance to the Final Four? in Minneapolis next week. Thank you very much. Is LSU going to win the big game? Yes. Good team. Good team. Good team. Good coach. Good everything. LSU. 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 Good team. A very good team indeed and a very good uh, time having you on here on Boot Up the LSU Basketball Podcast. Mr. President, thank you for being here. Great to be here. All right, there you have it, my uh, my interview with uh, with Donald Trump, uh, the 45th president of the United States, and probably the dumbest thing that I've ever done in my life. So um, with the dumb things out of the way, I guess we can move on to the, the less dumb things, and that's basketball, and, uh, and actually talk some basketball. And what I wanted to do on today's show, besides uh, make a fake interview that might end up costing me my job because of how stupid it was, um, was to really, really dig into Michigan State and give you about as thorough of a scouting report as I could. Um, so what I did is I went and watched a little Michigan State film. I've got their stats in front of me. I dug deep into the numbers, and I want to give you some things to look out for. I want to talk about their personnel, uh, and I want to talk about some of their tendencies and and some of the things to look out for and maybe how LSU can counter it or some things that LSU is going to have to be careful with. So um, I want to start with their personnel, and one of the interesting things about this Michigan State team is that injuries have, have been very, very unkind to them. Um, they, they, they lost earlier in the season Josh Langford, who is one of their better players. He was shooting 40% from three. Um, he, he was one of their more efficient wings. He had good size at 6'5 on the wing. And Recently, they also lost Kyle Ahrens, another 6'6 wing who wasn't shooting the ball as well from three, but was an efficient offensive player and an important part of of what they did. Um, add in to the fact that with those two guys who are done for the season, they're probably their best big man or their best scoring big man, Nick Ward, um, has missed a few games recently with an injury. Now, Nick Ward did come back. Uh, in the last tournament game. Uh, he's actually played both tournament games. He played 10 minutes against Bradley in the opener. He played 20 minutes against Minnesota in the round of 32. So he'll, he'll probably continue to work his way up. But um, he, he's appeared in the last five games for Michigan State after missing the five before that with an injury. Um, but despite the injury issues, they have still been incredibly good. They, they, they're a two-seed they're the best two seed, I think everyone would agree with that. The seeding reflects that. If you look at their Ken Palm numbers, they're number three uh, in the country in Ken Palm, um, which is ahead of Duke, who is at number four, um, ahead of North Carolina, another one seed at six, ahead of Kentucky and Tennessee, who are both still alive, and both of whom LSU played this year. Um, Kentucky's at seven, Tennessee's at ten. That kind of gives you an insight into how good this Michigan State team is despite those injuries. Um, let's just kind of go with with one through five, their rotation 
and then the guys that they're bringing off the bench. Their rotation obviously has shrunk with Langford out and with Aarons out. It's basically a seven-man rotation, and here's how it looks. Um, it starts and ends at point guard with Cassius Winston. Cash Winston might be the best point guard in the country. Um, if you look at his numbers, they're through the roof. He's averaging 19 points a game. He's averaging 7.6 assists a game. He's shooting 47% from the field, 40% from three, 85% from the line, and he's only turning the ball over about three times a game, so he's above two-to-one assist to turnover. Um, he, he makes them tick. He is a phenomenal player. Um, he, he's really efficient in what he does. The matchup with, with Tremont Waters, and I don't know if those two guys are going to guard each other necessarily. I think you might see those those matchups cross-matched a little bit, um, but but he, you know, if you compare him to Tremont Waters, the two point guards, he's much more of a. While they do play up tempo, and we'll get to that in a second, he plays at his own pace. Um, he he's not a jitterbug type of guard. He's you know he's not huge. He's six one one eighty five, but he uses his size well. He plays at his own pace. Um, he 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 uses craft. He uses um, strength. He uses angles to to kind of do what he does and uh and, and the biggest thing that he does is create for others and I know he, he scores a bunch I mentioned that but he's number two in the country in assist rate um he assists on 45.7 percent of Michigan State's possessions and that number in and of itself might not mean anything to you um other than the fact that you know it's number two in the country but he assists on 45.7 percent of Michigan State's possessions LSU team as a whole gets assists on 46.1 percent of its possessions that's how much offense he generates for his teammates he's he's a phenomenal player um he, he doesn't really have any weaknesses in his game he's a junior it's going to be a really fascinating matchup with him and Tremont Waters whether they're matched up on each other or not I don't know if they're going to guard each other um but he 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 is the guy that makes them go he's their best player He's one of the best players in the country. At the two guard, they're going to play Matt McQuaid, who is a really, really good player on both ends of the floor. His defensive numbers are very good. He averages 10 points a game. He's shooting 43% from three. Um, he's he's dangerous. He, he's taken on an expanded role um, recently for Michigan State with with uh, with the injuries that they've had. He's um, he, he's been particularly good for them of late, um, particularly in the NCAA tournament. Um, a guy that can shoot it, but he can also put it on the floor. He can um, get to the free throw line. Um, he had 27 points against Michigan in the uh, the Big Ten Conference Championship game. Um, was phenomenal in that game. Um, he had 22 against Nebraska a few weeks ago. He's a guy that can go off for big games, and uh, he's been in double figures a lot for them lately. So uh, a, a big weapon for them on, at, at, at the two spot. Um, can create his own shot if he needs to, um, has good length, has good size, uh, a really, really good player for them. Um, at the three, they're playing a freshman, Aaron Henry. And Langford was the guy that was kind of playing that spot for them earlier in the year. Um, but Henry has been the guy as of late. He's been really good for them. He rebounds the ball um, really well. Um, he, he's been much more efficient of late for them. He's shooting 38% from three on the season. So that means if he's open, um, he can knock it down. He's not going to be a really high usage player. Um, he's out there to guard. He's out there to make open shots. Um, he's out there to get to the free throw line and make free throws, but he's not a guy that's going to create a ton of offense. Um, so that might be 
you know, the, something that LSU can look at defensively, maybe put somebody on him there, um, get a different matchup elsewhere if you want to put Skyler Mays or Marlon Taylor on Cash Winston. Uh, maybe you can put Tremont Waters somewhere else because of all the activity that Cash Winston is going to give you on offense uh, for Michigan State. It might be somewhere that you can hide Tremont Waters. And, and I don't mean hide that Tremont Waters isn't a good defender. Um, he's the SEC co-defensive player of the year, but he um, is maybe that's a place that he can go and, and do some of the things that make him such a good defender, sneak away, get little picks, little backside steals. Um, that Henry has some size on him, but that might be somewhere that LSU says, hey, we'll, we'll put Tremont there. And if they want to post Aaron Henry up, that's not really their game. Um, I don't know. That, that might be something worth looking into if you don't go – straight up. Uh, at the four, they've been playing Kenny Goins, who is a, a senior. Um, he is a pick-and-pop guy. He's hit 52 threes for them this year right at 36%. Um, he, he's out there to pick-and-pop. He, he can get on the boards. He can protect the rim a little bit, but he is out there to knock down open shots, um, to be that trail man on the fast break, the trailing four man who you know, catches that ball reversal, and if he's open, he's going he's gonna to put it up there. Um, for the season, Goins is averaging 8.1 points a game and 8.9 rebounds per game. So he is a uh, monster on the glass. He's going to go get a ton of rebounds, and he's going to knock down open shots for them as well. At the five, they're going to play Xavier Tillman, who is, to me, he, I don't like comparing players too much. He reminds me a little bit of Kavarius Hayes for Florida with the way that he can protect the rim. He's averaging 1.7 blocks per game. Uh, Goins is averaging 1.4 blocks per game, by the way. Um, Tillman is, is just super athletic. He can switch. He can protect the rim. He can, you know, pick up your one man. He can pick up your five man. Um, super versatile defensively and then efficient offensively, shooting 61% from the field. Um, he, he's going to make, you know, he's going to play his role and, and he's not going to take shots that are outside of his comfort zone. And, and he's going to be a really good five man for you. And then Ward is probably going to continue to come off the bench. Um, but he, he's, he's a handful. I mean, at full health, he's their third inning scorer, 13.7 points per game, 6.2 rebounds per game, um, gets to the free throw line a ton. In fact, he ranks fourth in the entire country in fouls drawn per 40 minutes. He draws 7.4 fouls per 40 minutes, which means he is going to get your bigs in foul trouble. That is his uh, probably his best skill. He gets to the free throw line a ton. His free throw rate is really, really high. He shot 167 free throws on the season. Um, he's out there to get your bigs in foul trouble, and to uh, that, that's how he generates a ton of his offense. And when he's out there, he uses it a ton. It's him and it's Winston, and they are the two usage guys for this team uh, offensively. So um, that, that's that's kind of their first six right now. Um, they will bring, uh, in addition to Nick Ward off the bench, um, they have been playing Gabe Brown at the wing. He's kind of been a seventh man for them um, recently. Not a, a super high usage player, but a guy that's shooting 35% from three on the season. Uh, he played just seven minutes against Bradley, 11 minutes against Minnesota, um, He's more of a minutes eater at this point, but he, he has come in, in in other games before and, and given them a nice little spark. Um, I believe he had 11 points in, in one game earlier this season. So um, it's something to keep an eye on. You don't want to let one of those guys come in and beat you. But 
really right now Michigan State is um, is really tightening up their rotation. Uh, in fact, if you kind of look at their depth chart over the past five games, it's Winston, McQuaid, Henry, Goins, and Tillman, and then Ward's coming in. And now they now that Ward is healthy, um, they, they may ease him in a little bit more and play him more than that 20 minutes that he played last time out, and that's uh, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. So um, let's now, now that we've kind of talked about their personnel, I want to dig into um, some tendencies and some stylistic things with Michigan State. And this is where I'm going to get really numbers heavy, um, so just bear with me. But I think it will give you a different insight into the type of team that Michigan State is. First of all, offensively, they run. Um, they get out and run. They are a transition offensive team 34 percent of their first shots come in transition that's 13th nationally um so they're going to get out and run i think about 30 percent of their points come in transition lsu is going to have to get back that is going to be a huge part of this game and that's not something that lsu does necessarily um particularly well it's sort of been a team philosophy to, to obviously emphasize the offensive glass where lsu is so good but when you emphasize the offensive glass you're naturally getting less bodies back in, in transition and that makes you a little bit vulnerable to transition um, in fact if you look at the the numbers and I was just talking about how much Michigan State runs they run well they shoot 63.1 percent effective field goal percentage in transition that's 11th in the country and LSU allows 52.9 percent which is 113th nationally so you're looking at the 11th best transition offense in terms of efficiency versus the 113th best defense in terms of efficiency and transition. That's a matchup that on paper favors Michigan State. So I don't know if LSU tries to embrace that and say, look, they're going to get some in transition. Let's just keep going to the glass. Or maybe LSU keeps an extra body back and tries to take them out of transition. Or maybe they have a different counter to that. But Michigan State runs. That is their their primary source of offense. That's where they get their most points from uh, is running. When they get in the half court, it's all through Cassius Winston. And it's a lot of pick and roll. It's a ton of pick and roll with Cassius Winston. Um, they do share the ball. I mentioned Cassius Winston's really high assist rate. They are first in the country as a team in assist rate. They have five guys on the floor at all times who can pass the basketball. Um, they move it really, really well. And, uh, and so everyone gets involved. It's hard to, at that point, take, try to take away just one thing. So if you want to take away cash wins, and they have other guys who he can pass it to and they can make good decisions with the ball in their hands. That's why they're first in the country in assist rate. Um, LSU has been pretty good about limiting the number of assists that teams get against them because of the way that LSU plays defense. They put a ton of pressure on you. They get a ton of steals. Uh, if, in fact, their defensive uh, assist rate, they only give up assists on 44.1% of possessions. That's 22nd nationally. So you have a team that moves the ball really well versus a team that disrupts movement really well in LSU. That is going to be a fascinating matchup because if you can turn Michigan State into an isolation team, I think you stand a better chance than when that ball is just flying around. And, find, and, and finding people and finding open guys and, and getting them in a rhythm. Um, playing into that, the third thing, they run, they share the ball. They can be turnover prone, though. Michigan State turns the ball over on 18.9% of its possessions. That's 207th nationally. And you're looking at an LSU team that's sixth nationally in steal rate with Tremont Waters and Skyler Mays. These guys are really, really good at getting steals, getting deflections, getting their hands in passing lanes, picking you on the backside. And Michigan State can be 
turnover prone. So that's going to be something I think LSU is really going to try to push, try to get deflections, try to get steals. That that slows Michigan State down offensively because if you're getting a steal and laying it up on the other end, they can't transition you back. I think that's going to be very, very important that LSU try to force as many turnovers as possible, put as much pressure on Michigan State as possible, speed them up. I know I said they run, and they do run, and you don't want them to get out in transition, but when they do get in the half court, I think that's when you want to speed them up, keep them out of a rhythm, keep them under pressure. Uh, The fourth thing about Michigan State, they shoot three, and they shoot it well, but they've been trending the wrong way, and that might be an area that LSU can exploit. So here's what I mean. They shoot 38.5% for the season from three, which is very, very good. Winston shoots over 40%. McQuaid is 43%. Henry's at 38%. Goins is at 36%. But that number dipped in conference to 35% as a team. So it dropped off by about 4%. And Langford being gone is, is a big part of that. Um, but they're, they didn't shoot the ball as well later in the season from three. That might be something that LSU can try to exploit. LSU's been pretty good defending the three-point line this season. In fact, they're only allowing opponents to shoot 33.5% for the season from three. They were about 33% in conference. That was fifth in the SECs. They've been pretty good at defending the three-point line. Um, If they can do that against Michigan State, that's certainly going to help them. And something else that's kind of stood out to me in this tournament is that You've seen a lot of good shooters struggle. Um, Fletcher McGee, Ed Wofford going 0 for 12 from 3. Um, it's hard to shoot in the tournament. It's hard to shoot in these strange environments, these strange rims. You're still getting used to them. You know, if LSU can turn Michigan State into a jump shooting team, I think that helps. Um, let's now look at Michigan State's defense and how LSU's offense sort of stacks up. Um, the first thing that stands out to me about Michigan State's defense is you can get to the rim, but it's really, really hard to finish once you get there. Um, so here's what I mean by that. Michigan State will allow teams to shoot at the rim. About 35.4% of opponent's shots against Michigan State come at the rim. That's 162nd nationally. So that's not that's not a, a high number or a low number. It's kind of right in the middle of the 353 teams in college basketball. But while they may give up shots at the rim, you're not making them. They only allow opponents to shoot 50.1% at the rim. That's fourth in the country, and they block a ton of shots. of attempts. That's 24th nationally. I mentioned Tillman. He's really versatile. He can protect the rim. Goins can protect the rim. Ward can protect the rim. They don't have one dominant shot blocker. Tillman's probably the closest thing, but they have a bunch of guys as a team uh, who who can protect the rim and and make it difficult for you. Um, Another thing that stands out to me about them defensively, Michigan State grinds you down defensively. They slow you down defensively. um, Opponents are averaging 18.4 seconds per possession against them on offense. That's the 333rd fastest or I guess the like 20th slowest in the country if you wanted to flip it. They really, really slow you down defensively. They've had 211 defensive possessions this year that have gone down to four seconds or less on the shot clock. Um, so that's when you're really in scramble mode. Um, when, you, when you're at four seconds or less on the shot clock, you, you've really been ground down at that point. And LSU, conversely, likes to play a little bit faster than that. LSU averages about 17.2 seconds um, per offensive possession. That's not extremely fast, um, but but LSU speeds you up defensively with all their steals. But um, that's certainly faster than Michigan State likes to let teams play. So um, how quickly LSU plays on offense will, will certainly be uh, a big part. Um, 
the last thing is, is I tried to look at some vulnerabilities for Michigan State. Um, defensively, I mean, I could tell you how good they are defensively from here to the cows come home. They're unbelievable. They're ninth in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency, um, the, you know, points per game, all that stuff. They're going to be awesome. All those stats, they're fourth nationally in effective field goal percentage defense. Um, they're third nationally in two-point percentage defense. You know, they're, they're one of the best teams in the Big Ten. In three-point percentage defense at 30.5% in conference play. All that stuff is is very true. But what I tried to do is, is look at maybe some areas they might be vulnerable defensively. Not weak. They're not weak anywhere defensively, but maybe some areas they could be vulnerable. And here were the three that I came up with. One is the dribble handoff. And I think this is the area where they are the weakest. And I don't know if there's necessarily a flaw in the, the data when you look at this, but they're in the, and I'm speaking in terms of percentiles now, so 99th percentile being the very, very best, first percentile being terrible. They're in the 21st percentile in points per possession on dribble handoffs. Um, LSU has not been a huge dribble handoff team this year, but it's something they've done more of lately, especially when Tremont Waters was out for those couple of games. They did a lot with Javante Smart and Skylar Mays. And that's that's a weakness. If that, that's the, I think the data is pretty clear there. At 21st percentile nationally, that is a weakness. Um, that that's that's something that maybe LSU can look to. Um, I don't think LSU is going to go away from the pick and roll, um, and we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, I think that the handoff, implementing more handoffs, might be something that they can do. Um, the second maybe vulnerability, and now we're talking about stuff that Michigan State is still good at, but they're just less good at it, um, is post-up defense. They're 59th percentile nationally in post-up defense, which is not great, but it's good. That's that's above average. They're above average, but they're not great. They're not dominant there. And so maybe Naz Reed in the post gets some freedom. Uh, maybe Cavell Bigby-Williams on the post gets some freedom. Maybe the guy's coming off the bench have a little more success posting up than trying to attack in other ways. The third vulnerability, and this is now we're getting into, yeah, they're really good at defending this, but just not excellent, is the pick-and-roll ball handler. If you look at pick-and-rolls as a whole, Michigan State's really good at defending the pick-and-roll, but the pick-and-roll ball handler, um, they only rank in the 69th percentile um, in defending the pick-and-roll ball handler. The roll man, they're, they're pretty good at defending um, the pass out of the pick and roll, they're very, very good at defending. But the pick and roll ball handler, um, while they're good at it, they're not great at it. And so maybe Tremont Waters coming off some ball screens, um, that can be an area where he shines. That's certainly a strength of his. And it seems to be an area where Michigan State is not as dominant. So there you go. That's that's my deep dive into uh, into the, the Spartans. Um, Tom Izzo is, uh, look, he's been the same coach that he's been for the last decade, they do a lot of the same stuff offensively they've done for a long time. Um, I know LSU struggled with a zone against Maryland. I've had some people ask me about that. They don't play zone. Tom Izzo doesn't play zone. If he shows zone, uh, it's because their man-to-man defense is broken down. And if their man-to-man defense breaks down, that's a very, very good sign for LSU. I would be stunned if he plays zone. I, I, I've put out a stat on Twitter earlier this week that they've played like five possessions of zone all year. And I think that data may be flawed. I think it might be zero. I think just some charting got messed up in, in the synergy data because uh, Tom Izzo doesn't play zone, and I don't think they'll play any against LSU. So LSU's going to have to go out there and attack that man-to-man. It won't be easy. Um, this is a very, very good defensive team, and I think I've said this in some other spots. I think this is the best team LSU's played all year. I think they're better than Tennessee, and I think they're better than Kentucky. 
that's not a knock on those teams. I just think this is a legit Michigan State Final Four caliber team. By far the toughest test of the NCAA tournament for LSU. By far um, the the most difficult game in this this stretch. Uh, at the end of the season. So uh, a huge test. That's what you sign up for, though. It's the NCAA tournament, um, and that's the kinds of games that you look forward to. So um, right now it is very, very late in Washington, D.C. I'm going to hit the sack and get up in the morning, and we will have um, some player interviews tomorrow. Um, They have practiced. uh, Right now it's it's actually early Thursday morning, um, right now at about 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, In about eight hours they will be practicing uh, over at the arena so I'll be over there and then there'll be some media availability after if there's some stuff worth posting uh, on the podcast feed before Friday's tip off at uh, around 6 p.m. central time um, I will I will share it uh, if there's nothing worth worth posting I will uh, uh, for the podcast I will definitely have some stories up at LSU sports.net and uh, if you missed any of my stories from Jacksonville they're all up there. I had one story in particular on the scout team that gets guys ready, that gets the, the, the Tigers ready for these games that I think is uh, is very much worth checking out still. Um, if you missed any of that, it's up at lsusports.net. I have a, uh, a a tweet that I sent out as well with, with all my stories um, linked uh, in there as well, so you can check it out there. Uh, thank you for listening. It's late. You can tell that my voice is, is going out. I'm going to try to get some sleep. And hopefully uh, I'll have something to share with you guys uh, later after some player interviews uh, on this podcast. If I don't, again, check, in, check out the stuff at lsusports.net. And, uh, and we'll see you at game time. It's a huge one for LSU. Again, 6 p.m. Central tip-off uh, on CBS against Michigan State. Um, this is what it's all about. This is what March is all about. It's about playing in these tough games and uh, hopefully for LSU winning these tough games. So that'll do it for today's show. Thanks for listening. Please rate, please subscribe, please share, please review. And until next time. Stupid. It's dumb.